the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. This is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis and we're discussing Bible faith in light of the cross. Matter of fact, we discuss everything we discuss in light of the cross because there is no light that shines from heaven except through God's word through faith in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The cross of Christ is the only avenue through which God offers the status of righteousness or to be able to bear forth the fruits of that righteousness. And that righteousness that he has made us in Christ Jesus in Psalms 37, 6, he tells us that is our light. And because we know that all God's words, Proverbs 8 and 8, are in righteousness and his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, May we begin our endeavor today and never turn back of learning all of God's words in and through the only place His righteousness is revealed, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 1, 16 and 17. The church has wasted ages, centuries, but now in these last few moments, God is bringing a remnant back to faith and grace, a remnant that few it will be that finds that avenue, not just to know how to be saved, but to live saved when the sin nature no longer can dominate and the access to, <coughs> to God's throne <coughs> outside of the make-believe, but being able to approach His throne with boldness, confidence to obtain mercy and to find grace takes faith to find grace, takes faith to approach the throne, takes faith to obtain mercy again today. Got to have faith, but it's got to be Bible faith, and therefore we learn about faith in the Scriptures based on Scriptures, not how we feel. Amen? Scripture interprets Scripture. And in today's session, right here in the beginning, I want to make sure we understand one thing. There's a lot of things in the Bible we can't separate. But the number one thing you and I at the top of the list need to remember that we cannot separate is redemption from revelation. We cannot separate revelation from redemption. Both are fulfilled, finalized in Christ and what he did at Calvary as the Son of God. You need to know that. You're not walking in any revelation of God if it's not in the context of the redemption of God. You need to remember that. We can be carried away now. I don't believe you, Pastor. There's more. No, what, where you're headed is, is a place that you're being carried to through the lust of your own flesh. The finality of God's redemption is found in Christ Jesus and what he did at Calvary. The finality at least in this age, until the new world begins. No, don't nobody know about what's going to happen after that, really. But in this age we live now, the finality of God's revelation and redemption is found in one place. And that one place is Christ Jesus, the Son of God, and what he did on the cross as the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. What an intro today. I'm glad you've tuned in. Get your Bibles, your pencils, and your paper. You're going to need all three of them today because the Lord's got some things he wants to share with those who in this final few moments of this time, Jesus calls the times of the Gentiles, there's a few folks who have ears to hear what the Spirit 
is saying to the church is hallelujah. Andrew will be here this weekend. He'll be ministering the Word of God Sunday morning. Make sure you come and be with us Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, he'll be in from uh, Baton Rouge, him, and uh, Rebecca's coming with him this weekend. So we're just going to have a great time in the Lord. Make sure you hear or you tune in at 10. Also, next weekend, Robin and I and the Peace family are going along as well, are going to be in Sydney, Ohio at the Preeminent Word Fellowship. Uh, that's next weekend, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., couple of teaching, preaching sessions there. And then the next morning, the 6th on Sunday morning, I'll be and with Pastor Preston Nasal probably in a sit-down uh, engagement there, discussion on a certain topic in the Bible. So uh, be with us if you're anywhere in that area. And if not, Tune in after you've been to your church service and you will be blessed, I guarantee it, as God pours out the truth of his word in the context of the gospel in these last days, the only avenue he pours it out through. Hallelujah. Also, don't forget about the last uh, four or five uh, Thursdays and Fridays. We didn't do Mondays and Thursdays this week, uh, but on Thursday and Friday we offer the coffee, the coffee cup, we will march on the coffee mug and the CD blameless before God that I preached several weeks ago that was just a great word for the body of Christ that God's not condemning his people, but he is blaming us for several things when we are going the wrong direction and giving occasion to, for others to go the wrong direction. It was a phenomenal message you get that and the coffee mug if you donate to this ministry, $50 or higher. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. Let us know it's the mug you want. Make sure your address is there. Or you can just donate by texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. And there's a, one of the boxes you can check there, the, the, the special product offer, and we'll get that to you. Praise the Lord again. Get your Bibles your pencil and your paper, and let's dig in. We're going to begin in the book of James, chapter 1 today. I said we were going to chapter 2. We are. We're just on our way there. We're headed there, but I don't see how we can jump into James, chapter 2, without looking at James, chapter 1. There's some amazing things that James wrote in chapter 1 concerning faith. And I hope that the Lord will pour those truths into my heart and your heart. Even today, during this casual Bible study, this session we're having, that the Lord would impart truth, show us truth, so that we can follow the spirit of truth into more truth and experience more of the Lord's liberty and freedom and, and, and more grace that he's trying to impart in his people in these last days. So let's start in James chapter 1 verse 1 and we'll dig into this today. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, which just means numerous and various temptations, something that's going to happen to the Christian on a continual, never-ending basis. I want you to understand that in this life, Jesus said you will have tribulations because this is a world full of nothing but tribulation. But he said, I've overcome the world. 
Now, I've given you peace. The world can't give you. So we're just going to keep following Jesus. So watch now. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations. And we find ourselves many times falling into various temptations. doesn't say falling into sin, falling into a place where we're being tempted. Various temptations every day of our lives. Watch now. Knowing this, this is what you have to know when you fall into these various temptations, not if you do, when you do. Believe me, my friend, if you had a good day yesterday, well, here we are today. And if you have a good day today, well, guess what's coming tomorrow. And we're always going to be in a place where we're, we're going to be tempted every day. You're going to be tempted every day. Now, but there's going to be those days when there are various temptations diverse, just all sorts of different temptations. Because when, when the world gets our, our flesh's attention, it just starts piling on to it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When I start looking at something and, and kind of having feelings about something that I shouldn't, they just start growing. They, they start expounding. I mean, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let's don't try to play innocent today. We start looking at something. If we don't look away and back to Christ, that thing just starts getting bigger. That thing starts expounding. And before you know it, there's so much there now to look at. It's taken over our minds and we're being, it's, it's captivated our hearts. And James also writes that we're carried away through the lust of our own flesh. Oh, they, they may be to blame before God, but I can't blame them to God. I'm the blame. I'm, every time I'm carried off into some sinful fleshly act or even looking out to something, it's the lust of my own flesh. Watch now. Knowing this, and you have to know something, you're not going to make it through this life. You're not going to endure to the end if you don't know some things. Oh, you can start pretending and just declaring a lot of things with your lips. But if you don't know some things, have a hold of some things in the Word of God for you that you're told to become a student to be able to show yourself approved of God. Can I say something about that this morning? When you believed upon Christ, God approved you joined you with himself, made you a child of the King, justified you, forgave you, gave you all the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. But know this. He tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto him. He wants to see the fruit of his approval upon your life and how you're going to know what that is unless you're a student of the word. Christians have heard 10,000 messages, but for many of them, there's no change. We just go from one preacher, we just keep the TV on, the music going, but there's nothing grabbing a hold of us, permeating into the depths of who we are and, and, and causing us to repent from just being casual and lukewarm, getting our attention enough to acknowledge the, the gospel and acknowledge and be a partaker of the sufferings of the gospel and to go the way of the gospel. We, we, we've heard thousands and thousands of messages and we hear many every week, but how much of those words that we hear is God able to grab a hold of us and do something in us and through us? 
Y'all know somebody's getting the conviction of the Holy Spirit today. Watch this. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. The trying of your faith produces, accomplishes patience. Some of you are going to hear this today in a way you've never heard it. The trying of our faith produces patience. If our faith is not being tried, it's because we've thrown in faith. We're no longer operating according to that measure of faith we were dealt when we believed with the heart unto righteousness. Listen, Romans 12 and 3 tells us that all of us who believed God's people have been dealt by the Lord that measure, the measure of faith. So that, and he tells us in that same verse there, Romans 12, 3, so we won't think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Now that doesn't mean uh, the, the, mo the richest man and his thinking more highly of himself. No, this is to Christians. The way you and I as a child of God think more highly of ourselves than we ought is when we are no longer thinking according to to Christ and his sacrificial work at Calvary. Depending on that, trusting in that for all things, not just the forgiveness of my sin, but to be able to have more grace today, to find the grace of God. The grace of God has to be found. Hebrews says that we, because we now have a great high priest, we can come boldly to the throne and obtain mercy and find grace. Grace is what God is saying to us, what God is attempting to do in us, to us, through us, for us, by us. It's God functioning in ours. We have to find that, but it can't be found outside of faith. And, 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 and listen, the Bible here says that if we will come to the conclusion, the knowledge of that the trying of our faith is what's going to produce, accomplish patience. And it, it, this is right along the same lines of what Jesus taught as we've studied the last four sessions concerning the parable of the sower and the seed, the four types of hearts, soils Jesus used as an analogy and uh, the stony ground, wayside ground, rocky ground. And then he gets to the only heart that received the word and kept the word and allowed the word to produce fruit with patience. Without patience, there will be no fruit because there's no faith being kept. Let me say this today. Where we are keeping the faith, fighting the good fight of faith, patience will be found working. That's what the Bible here says. Watch the trying, the testing of your faith puts patience to work. Watch. This is good. Now, if we're say, going around telling people, we well, just wait till you're my age and you won't have any patience at all, then as a Christian, we've never learned really about faith. I've heard that from so many older Christians all my life. Well, when you just wait till you get to be my age, son, you won't have any patience about anything. <coughs> and the Bible says totally the opposite from that. <clears throat> that at the end of my life, Psalms 92, at the end of my life as I've kept the faith, 
I fought the good fight. Though my faith has been tested and tried, I didn't throw it in. I hung on to this measure of faith that the Lord gave me. And Psalms 92 says that I'm going to be fat in my old age. That doesn't mean physically obese. That means that I'm still going to be found. I use this, uh, uh, this word, uh, the, these three words for the word F-A-T. I'm going to be fat in my old age. I'm, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to be available. And I'm still going to be teachable. I'm going to be fat in my old age. Hallelujah. I'm still going to be prospering. I'm still going to be being tested. My faith is, but patience is still going to be found at work. And through patience, James says in another place, if we let patience, here it is, verse 4, if we let patience have her perfect work. Now, get this now. When our faith is tried, it's being tested. If we walk away, there will be no perfect work. Remember, Paul said to the church in Philippi that he was confident God would finish that good work he began in them. But the only way he does that is through their faith, them keeping the faith, fighting the good fight of faith, not letting it go. We're trusting in Christ and what he did at Calvary. We're trusting in every word of God that points us that direction, shows us a greater picture of the final the finality of the redemption plan of God and the final revelation of God. All of that to man is found in Christ and the sacrifice of Christ. Never separate those two things. We started out saying that today. You can't walk away from that. The perfect work is patience working to produce the fruit of that perfect work. When we throw in the towel and we quit, listen, or we don't know the way of the cross, we don't know biblical truth about faith. I'm going to tell you some things before we move on right now. Again, you need to go look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Let's just turn there right now and look at it together. Why don't we do that? For I say, through the grace given to me, what God's given and doing in me and through me, that's what grace is. Paul is saying here, Romans 12, 3, to every man that is among you, that means Christians, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Not a measure, the measure. You're not going to have a bigger measure than I do, and I'm not going to have a bigger measure than you. That's unbiblical. That's unbiblical. I'm sorry that you've been taught wrong. I'm sorry your feelings and emotions are trying to tell you something different. But listen, very biblical. We're either weak in the faith or we're strong in the faith. But if you're a Christian, you've been brought to the faith. You've been introduced to the faith and when you trusted in the faith, that being the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for you at Calvary by grace through faith, Galatians 2.20, then you were given the measure. You don't have this massive amount of faith. The false teachers have taught it for years. It's wrong. 
Jesus said the, the grain, the, 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 the faith the size of the grain of a mustard seed that if I had one in my hand, the camera couldn't pick it up from here. That little size of faith can move mountains. You need to understand that. Now you can be in the faith, you can be out of the faith. And for years I taught that if you weren't trusting wholeheartedly in nothing but Christ and what he did at Calvary, you weren't in the faith. But that's not Bible, is it? I learned in my Romans teaching that it took us over two years to get through. I learned when we finally got to Romans 14 that there's folks who are still not eating this and eating only that and thinking that it's pleasing to God and that it might it's getting them, it's helping them spiritually a little bit. But the Bible calls those people, doesn't say they're out of the faith, it says they're weak in the faith. Got to be real careful. There are folks who are weak in the faith, and there are folks who are strong in the faith. And in between is a growing process. Not more faith, more faith, more faith, but being strengthened in the measure of faith. Now, I'm a Bible believer. I don't care what old big name whoever wrote a book. I don't care what old big name whoever said. I'm a Bible believer. Bible interprets Bible. All scripture authority is based on other scriptural authority. It's line upon line. It's precept upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Listen, and we don't we don't throw our two cents in. When we do, the light becomes distorted. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Hear me now, and the Word was God. I can't mess with the Word. I got to let the Word mess with me. I can't change the Word. I got to let the Word change me. I can't add to the Word. <coughs> I got to let the Word add to me. I can't take away from the word. I got to let the word take away from me. I have to trust the word of God in the person and the work of the one who is the living word of God and I can never separate them. And my faith, the faith that we live by, the faith that we live by, Paul said, is the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That's Paul saying we live by what Jesus did by grace through faith. We don't live by anything else. Yes, our faith has to be in Christ and what he did at Calvary, for that's what allowed God to give us the measure of faith. That's the faith we cling to. That's the faith we find at work in our hearts when it's tested and tried. If we hold fast to the faith, that measure we were given, patience, look, let's go back to where we were, patience, will have a perfect work so that you may be perfect and entire. And that word means complete, lacking nothing. Well, is it patience or faith? It's both. If faith is biblical faith, the Bible says patience is working. If patience is not working, faith is not being held to. Somebody needs to say amen. We got to be careful what we say about patience. Patience is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this is another confirmation that he only works through our faith in the sacrifice, which is what allowed the, the Lord to give us the measure of faith that he would be able to begin a work in us and continue a work in us through that faith 
remember, we could, we could end up being rocky ground, stony ground, wayside ground, and not good ground where we continue to believe the word of God we've received because it's going to take patience for the fruit to come out of it. We're going to fall into various temptations all the time, but the answer, if the answer is not patience, the answer is faith. Faith in the sacrifice, because if my faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ today, then I can't live obediently to the word of God. Obedience is about who I am in Christ and what I became in him through my believing unto righteousness, what he did at Calvary. Obedience is what I am now. I'm obedient in Christ. And listen, if my faith is not in the cross, if my faith is in what I'm doing, even if it's written in the Word, if what I'm doing is the object of my faith, I'm eventually going to get mad at God and say, God, why is this happening to me? I've been doing this. I've been doing that. It's, I've been doing... And the Lord, you're going to hear him. I hope you can hear him because he's going to try to tell you your faith is in what you're doing. What I'm doing and what Jesus did at Calvary, my Lord, that's eons, light years away from each other. My faith can't be in the purpose driven, the government of 12 and what Jesus did too. It's not the cross, his work there and something that, that listen, Christ and him crucified, if you put another and in there, you eliminate yourself from that measure of faith working for you. It's not Christ and him crucified and the purpose driven and what I do and there is no second and. Christ and him crucified, your heart, from the heart you believed unto that work and the Lord moved inside of you, began a good work in you because he declared you righteous, justified you, and gave you, dealt to you the measure of faith. The measure. We all have the measure. And as long as you continue to hear God's word in the context of its true revelation, the redemption plan found in Christ, the, the living word in what he carried out at Calvary, then you're going to find the Holy Spirit guiding you into more truth. You need to understand these things. You've got to throw away them books that's been written that's taught us all that garbage and all that junk. If it's not faith in the cross, if you're trying to declare words and make God move on your behalf, you've taken the scripture to a level that's not a higher level and it's not even a level that God leads in. I've been there. You don't, you don't move God by what you speak. It didn't begin that way and it won't end that way and it won't be good in the middle for those who are caught up in all that deception and deceitful bread they're eating. You receive the Spirit of God based on what you believed as a Christian. And he will continue to work in your life each day and through your life each day only if you continue to believe that which allowed him to begin that good work in you. He gave us the measure of faith so that we could 
wouldn't any longer have to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And when we're not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary, that measure he gave us is not at work. We, we resort back to some other kind of faith. The, 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 the measure of faith God gave us, dealt to us, only works when it's placed in the cross. Now the devil offers all sorts of faith. The devil offers all sorts of faith. There's all sorts of faith. How many times have you been approached by someone and asked you, what faith are you of? You and I need to answer that statement from this day forward. There ain't but one faith, honey, and it's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, there's only one faith that God offers, and it's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us there's one faith. One faith. It's the faith we live by that comes from God. It's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that loved us and gave himself for us. Don't keep tampering around. You need to have the biggest bonfire you've ever had in your backyard and invite your friends over who've received the revelation of the cross and you need to throw all them books away by those people. You know who they are. They've led the church astray. They've exploited God's people. They've abused God's people. They are the Nicolaitans. They have abused, they've dominated God's people with false teaching about faith. If faith is not tied to Jesus and what he did at Calvary, you're being abused. You're being exploited for your money. And it's time to wake up and realize that. It's time to come out from among them who are touching the unclean thing and touch the only clean thing that exists in God's eyes, and that's his son and what his son did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Oh, God dealt to us the measure of faith so that we wouldn't have to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And never forget it, we are thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to if we're not trusting in the cross of Jesus Christ. If I think I, I only need to eat this on this day, I'm, I'm, I'm sanctifying myself. I'm consecrating myself to the Lord. Listen, you can eat or not eat anything you want to, don't want to, but that ain't going to cause you to grow spiritually. Now think about this. Paul wrote about those who were weak in the faith. I hope when they read that, they realized Paul's talking about me. I'm weak in the faith. Paul wasn't condemning them. He wasn't, he wasn't condemning them. He was just telling them, you're weak in the faith. But he was talking to those who were stronger in the faith. Not to condemn those, not, not to treat those who were weak in the faith harshly, just to keep preaching the truth. Keep preaching the truth. Don't condemn folks because they're not where you are. Just keep preaching the truth. And maybe one day they'll, 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 they'll grow into a more and more place, being led by the Holy Spirit of truth into more truth because it's only truth that's going to liberate us and free us. If you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Okay, well, I'm born again. I've been made free from the condemnation of sin. Now I need to learn to allow the Holy Spirit where he works, what he works in, because it ain't just in anything. Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. If I want to experience more of that, then I've got to continue to allow the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace to guide me into more truth. Amen. Let's get back into this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, the testing of our faith, it's what's going to work patience. It's what's going to 
accomplish patience, produce patience. If our faith is not being tried, how can patience ever be worked? And if patience can't be worked and, and, and be found working in our lives, then how can we ever, verse 4, experience that which is perfect and entire, complete, lacking nothing? We can't. It doesn't just happen. Christians today think it just happens. Well, whatever God wants to do, that's fine with me. You know, I, and, and I'm telling you, folks, you're going to have to fight to keep the faith or you're going to be one of those that say, well, patience is just not one of my virtues and I don't know, well, I just, patience don't, I didn't, don't work good for me. No, what you're saying is, and you don't even know you're saying it, is that you, you really don't understand biblical faith and you never will until you come back to the cross because there is where the only faith took place that God recognized and honored and rewarded. Hallelujah. Even those that came before Christ were waiting on that Redeemer. And He's come and He is seated at the right hand of the Father and, and He has dealt to us the measure of that faith. That's the only faith God has ever honored, only will honor. He started with a promise in the garden, giving them the verbal promise and then showing them as he slay the animals he slayed, shed their blood, sacrificed them, and clothed Adam and Eve. God ain't changed his promise. He just fulfilled it in his son as the Lamb of God when he came to this earth. Never walk away from faith in that. When you do, my friend, you're walking away from God. You're not walking in the light that he walks in, 1 John chapter 1. If you're walking with him in the light he walks in, you're walking in the light of his son and what his son did at Calvary. Let's get back to what I said at the onset. The righteousness that you and I have been declared and we have been declared righteous in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He that knew no sin became our sin offering that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that righteousness that we've had imputed to us, the righteousness of God that we are now in Christ Jesus, that righteousness has become our light. Psalms 37.6 that our righteousness is our light. You need to write that down. Look at that later, Psalms 37, 6. Your righteousness is as the light. And God's word is declared in Psalms 119, 105 to be the lamp to our feet and the light, the, the, the light to our path. That's if we're hearing it and following it in its righteous context. All of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. God's pouring out the simplicity of the truth of his word like never before today. All of his words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and his righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Therefore, all of God's words are not seen, recognized, and understood and experienced through faith exclusively because we got saved through the blood, but every word is found in that righteousness. Never forget that. If you're just now hearing this and you love the Word of God, your heart is leaping with joy right now to hear this. 
And you're going to be taught by the Holy Spirit things now that you have never seen before. Your heart will leap with joy like never before. You will see more light now than you have ever seen and you will experience this you will experience now what it means to fight the good fight of faith. To hold fast, to keep that faith you were dealt. That measure, not looking out to who seems to have more or less because that ain't the case. There are those, as we've said today, stronger in the faith, weaker in the faith, but we're here just to keep the faith and to fight the good fight of faith so at the end of our lives we will have finished our course which cannot be finished without the keeping of that faith, the fighting, the fighting the good fight to hold fast to that faith so that patience can work, a perfect work giving us the things that lack seem to be lacking. The Lord will pour those things into our lives. He said, Jesus taught the same thing in the book of Matthew. He says, if you seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, that he will just add all the things that you need. That's because our faith remains in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And I know some people say, well, is our faith in what's written or is our faith in the very act of death that Jesus provided us at Calvary? You cannot separate the two. It makes no difference what the topic is you're teaching. Jesus said the volume of the book is written of him. The Bible is to give us light that can only be found in the one who is our light, which proves that if my faith is not in Jesus and what he did at Calvary, then the word of God is not going to give me the light I need. If it's not through my faith in the person and the work of Christ at Calvary, it's just going to be through the, the wisdom of men. I know this is unheard of. This is really not taught. You're, not, you're rarely going to find what you're hearing on this broadcast anywhere else. You will find it, but you will be hard-pressed to find it. We've got ministers today <clears throat> that are boasting in so many other things when the Bible clearly says our boast is to only be in the cross of Jesus Christ. God forbids that we boast in anything other than what he did to separate us from the world and the world unto us, Galatians 6, 14. We're not to boast in anything but what God did in Christ at the cross. That's what our boast is in. When we move our boasting from that to anything, even the provisions that we have been offered by God, we are making a grave mistake. That including the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that's a provision of Calvary. And our boast is to remain in Calvary. We praise God and thank God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the benefits of a local church, the benefits of a pastor, the benefits of <clears throat> all the things that are the fruit of what the Lord is able to do. But our, listen, our boast is only in the cross of Christ. 
That's where our boast is. When we move our boasting into anything other than what God did in Christ at Calvary, we're going to find ourselves in big trouble. And I tell you, the church has become more professional at pretending, and you have to go that way. If you don't know the object of faith is the cross of Christ, or you do, and you've just you've made your mind up, you're not listening to this. Well, all you can do is become a professional pretender. But I'm going to stay in that narrow place, that exclusive place, that God saves, God delivers, God works. All of God's works are in truth. All of God's works are done in all of God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. Are we going to just be Bible believers? Or are we just going to believe what somebody else said? Because that's how I feel. I really feel better about that. No. The word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. Add it to your list of notes today doesn't matter that what you're hearing today you've never heard maybe doesn't matter that your favorite preacher is not preaching these things it doesn't matter that your favorite preacher has got their boast in all these other things that are biblical things but their boasting is all mixed up with a lot of other boasting God forbids, God forbids that we boast in anything other than that what, which allowed him to give us this measure of faith that we have. And Peter said, add to your faith. We'll get to that eventually. It's the only thing God can add to. If God's doing the adding, it's adding to your faith, that measure he dealt to you so he could add to that. He don't add to anything else. Men add to what's not scriptural. The enemy can add to what's not scriptural. But when God gets involved and he's adding, it's God's adding system, he only adds to that measure of faith he's dealt you. Boy, we need to know that. Watch this. Let's move on now. But let patience have her perfect work, verse 4, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. For if any of you lack wisdom... See, that if you lack wisdom, ask God. See, wisdom's involved in this. It's going to take wisdom to understand what the Bible teaches. But know this, we're back to the cross again because the Bible says that the cross of Christ is not only the power of God but the wisdom of God. You've got to have faith in the sacrifice of Christ, not just to be saved, but every day. It's the only object of faith. Hallelujah. Watch. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. And he's not going to upbraid you. He's not going to condemn you. He, he, he's not going to uh, bring a reproach upon you. But he says here, it will be given you. We need wisdom to understand what's written in the word of God and we will have it if we keep looking, trusting in Christ, the living word of God and what he carried out at Calvary. Now watch this. 
Verse 6, <clears throat> let him ask <clears throat> in faith, nothing wavering, because he that wavers is like a wave of the sea being driven with the wind, the winds of doctrine that still, well, I'm just not sure about what this guy's saying. I know it's nothing but scripture he's saying, but I, I, I listen, we've got, to get, we've got to get out of those boats that's been driven by winds of doctrine that are not true doctrine. And the only sound doctrine in the Bible is that form of doctrine that made you free from sin, hallelujah, and a servant of righteousness. Read it, Romans 6, 17, and 18. The only sound doctrine in the Bible, all sound doctrine, Doctrine is tied to, tied to it, has to flow out of it, all of it. No matter what section, topical of teaching you're teaching in the Word of God, all doctrine to be sound must be flowing from, tied to, in the context of that form of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness to be able to understand every word God has spoken in righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! This will make you jump and shout and run all over town. Hallelujah. This is good stuff today. I hope you're being blessed and encouraged and stirred by the spirit of truth even in your heart. Let him ask in faith. We can't waver. We've got to believe in our hearts that because God gave his only begotten son, delivered him up for us there on the cross, that with him he will freely give us all things. Romans 8, 32. With him, though, he will give us. If we're still with him or are we with him, is our faith still in what he did at Calvary? Not that and. Get rid of the ands. Erase all the, the ands that would try to attach themselves to the cross. It's only Christ and him crucified. And if we don't trust in that alone, we're... We're going to struggle. We're going to uh, be wavering. We're we're going to uh, we're going to walk in a place. Look, verse seven. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Why? Because his thinking is not stable. His 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 thinking is not according to that thinking that he stepped into when he was born again. When he believed with the heart, the man is as he thinks in his heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when we trusted in, believed unto the righteous work of Christ at Calvary, righteousness became our status. And he made us a servant of that righteousness. <laughs> it's just good stuff. It's grand stuff. It's truth, my friends. Watch this now. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, I know we're going to get to James chapter 2 eventually, but we got to look at this before we got to say some things before we get there. These, what the Lord has given us today, is going to be uh, fuel, if you will, is knowledge. Uh, because remember, it's precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little, and then there a little. Glory to God. we got to have some knowledge here before we move off into some more knowledge that the Lord wants us to have. He, he adds to our faith. Peter said, add to your faith. If we're not, listen, if we're not 
becoming stronger in the faith, if we're not uh, moving in the direction where we're learning the righteousness of God's words, better, you better make a note to go read Hebrews chapter 5 when the Lord found his people there, wrote to them through the writer of Hebrews and said, you ought to be teaching by now, but you're still babes because you're unfruitful, you're unskilled in the words of of righteousness, the word of righteousness. I don't want to be unskilled. I, I, that means, it ain't my opinion, that means that they were no longer looking at the word through the cross because when we're looking at the word through the blood of Jesus, the Lord is able to add knowledge, add virtue, add the things that we need. That's what he's teach, James is teaching right here. When, when patience is allowed to have her perfect work, when our faith is being tried, we hadn't thrown the towel in and we don't develop new confessions that, well, uh, faith faith just don't work for me. Faith had never, uh, uh, patience had never been a virtue for me. Patience, don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not good with patience. What we're, we're talking about our faith there. It's what we're really talking about. Wait till you're my age, son. You won't have a lick of patience at all. That, what he's really saying is there, he's not going to have any, I'm not going to have any faith when I get to be his age. We, do we, we really don't even know what we're talking about sometimes. That's a good proof of it, isn't it? I'm, you're not going to have patience when you get to be my age, son. What we're really telling them is you're not going to have any faith. Because if I'll keep that faith, if I'll fight the good fight to cling to that faith, hallelujah, it's the faith of Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary. Patience is going to keep working. Patience is going to keep providing a perfect work going on in me. Fruit there. And the fruit being seen there is going to be the manifestation. There's not going to be any lack in my life. Well, you, you don't have a car. Well, listen, I got what I need in Jesus. You don't have a house. I got what I need in Jesus. I'm, listen, spiritually, I'm not going to be lacking anywhere. No matter what it looks like, I might be lacking on the outside. <laughs> you need to always look. When you think you're lacking something materially uh, uh, and you're not being able to keep up with the Jones, you need to get, you need to get back spiritually minded. You need to always look back to Calvary which is the manifestation of a man dying on a cross that looked like whatever power he had had previously, he no longer had. But the truth of the matter is that there was the greatest manifestation of God's power being manifest from the cross that man will ever see if man can see it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus, by the power of God, was laying down his life and would take it up again by the power God had given him through commandment. Oh, we need to hear that. A commandment he'd been sent to the earth with, John 10, 18. And through his humility and obedience to that commandment, oh, the power was there. The power was there to lay his life down and to raise it up again. And that's the only place that power flows from. And when I keep my faith, fight the good fight of, the, of faith to keep my faith anchored in him and his work there and to remember that no matter what it appears I may be lacking physically, mentally, whatever it appears I may be lacking materially when I'm looking to Christ and what he fulfilled for me, the Lord is fulfilling his will in my life. 
The Lord is doing a work in me. It's a good work and I'm not lacking anything. The Lord is my shepherd and there is no lack as long as I'm allowing my shepherd to guide me beside the still waters, hallelujah, to lay me down in green pastures, to continue to fill my cup up with overflowing and to anoint my head with his oil of gladness. Glory to God. Oh, this has been a great broadcast today. My goodness, watch now. Let's move all the way down to verse 22 because I want to show you a couple things while we still have a few minutes. We're in the context here of faith, which is hearing the word. That's the only way faith can come. Hear the word, and we either keep the word, but if you're going to keep the word, the word that you're going to keep is going to be tested. If you won't keep it, there's nothing there to be tested. Come on, I need to say that again. The only tested and tried word is the word I'm willing to keep because I see the value of it. My eyes have been opened all to the value of my Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary and that God's word from Genesis to Revelation is where I find life. I shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God as long as I can see its context of righteousness. Hallelujah. That place where Jesus gave himself for me at Calvary, declared me righteous and made me a servant of that righteousness so I could have the measure of faith the measure of the light of Christ. Hallelujah. Dwelling in my heart. Hallelujah. Watch this now. If I'll, listen, no, listen. Any faith of the wayside, the rocky, or the thorny, thorny ground for whatever those excuses were, that the word's no longer there, I, the word's been choked out by the riches, the cares, and the pleasure of this life, or it didn't get moisture from my continuation to allow the water of God's word to, 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 to give it moisture, or if I didn't really care much about it, I, I got a little excited over it, but I, I received it. It went in my heart, but I never really believed it, so the devil come and stole it out. Listen, I want to have a good ground heart. I want to have a heart that keeps believing and holding fast to what I've been given. I want to, the, the, to continue to be a student of God's word so God's word, the, the, the water of God's word can continue to, to moisturize this measure I've been given and to cause this measure of faith to show me a greater picture of the one who gave his life for me by grace through faith and I can become stronger in the faith. And I can watch my God faithfully add to this faith he's given me. Glory to God. What a lesson this is today. Watch verse 22 now. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The devil's not mentioned here, my friend. We're either going to become a doer of the word because we're a believer of the word not just someone who hears the word. This goes right along. This is... This is going right along with the same teaching of Jesus as of the parable of the, of the sower and the seed. The first three grounds were just hearers. They weren't doers. The doer of the word, listen, the doer of the word is doing the word by faith. That means the Spirit of God is the one behind the doing of the word, which reveals to us something I've already said. I hope you grabbed a hold of it in past sessions. Faith 
is a move of God. Faith is a move of God. Faith is God moving in and through men, directing them, guiding them into his good, acceptable, and perfect will more and more where there's more fruit, where there's less lack and more fruit of the Holy Spirit. Faith is a move of God. Faith is God moving men, let me say it again, in his good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Faith is not what I say. Faith is is what I believe. Faith doesn't come by my declaration. Faith comes by me believing in the heart. That's the hearing of faith. And, 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 and if faith hasn't moved me, then faith is not there. Faith comes and faith moves me in the direction of obedience to what God is saying. It's very simple. When faith comes, faith moves me in the direction of what I heard that allowed faith to come. The first time we ever had the hearing of faith, we believed, we trusted in the work of Christ at Calvary, and the Lord himself, the Holy Spirit, immersed us into the very place we trusted, the death of Jesus. Romans 6, 3 tells us that we were immersed into his death. That's where we trusted for the forgiveness of our sins. Think about that. So therefore, if we keep our faith there, the Lord keeps us planted there in the likeness of the death of Jesus so that the likeness of his resurrection can be found in our lives as we're not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Powerful. Because if we're just hearers and not doers, it goes back to what I said earlier. How many thousands and thousands of messages have we heard, but how little have we been moved? This is why it's important to have a local church and a pastor we're receiving from. Oh, it's not wrong to listen to other ministers but it's of utmost importance to have a local church and a local pastor. That is what God has chosen for the New Covenant Church. You get outside of that, you're going to be in big trouble. Watch now, verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And, and I'm not going to look at everything in between because we're about out of time, but look at verse 25. And remember while you're looking at verse 25, verse 22, <coughs> excuse me, said doer of the word. And verse 25 says, But who looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God in the context that keeps on liberating us, and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, <clears throat> but a doer of the work. A doer of the work. Verse 22 is a doer of the word, which has to be first, before we can be a doer of the work. If I'm just hearing the word, but not doing the word, then I'm deceiving my own self, and whatever I call a work going on, it ain't happening. It's just me working. We need to remember that. Would you believe we're out of time? We're out of time, and I, I hope that you've been encouraged, and I hope that you will share what you've heard today we need more than a comment. We need more than the like button. We need the share button. 
We need these sessions pushed. Why don't we just make a commitment to each other today to together publish the truth of the word of the gospel? Doesn't matter what church you go to. Help us publish. Many, many won't hear what you've heard today unless you share it with them. Please take the initiative, have the confidence and the wisdom and the knowledge that they need to hear what we have heard today. So share that. Don't forget about the special offer. If you missed it, go back to the beginning. Watch it. It was offered again today. It'll tell you where to go get it. Pray for us. We're praying for you. Believe in God for the greatest move of all time yet. It's not coming, my friend. We're right in the middle of it now. Don't wait on something and not recognize what's already here been offering right now. Every day, we're right in the middle of the greatest move of God ever. Don't miss it. You can donate to this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless all you that do and there's greater things ahead for those that keep their faith anchored in the cross of Christ. God bless you. See you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing, nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.